A Blizzard of Backlash, Part 7, China Vows Retribution. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we are continuing with our Blizzard of Backlash series, not about Activision, Blizzard, Hearthstone, Blitzchung, or any of those issues themselves, but actually taking a note from the first video in this series that we did, where we noted that at almost the same time that Blizzard had banned Blitzchung, had gotten into this terrible, terrible mess that they had found themselves in, the National Basketball Association had found themselves in a very similar situation. In that case, one of their general managers, the manager of the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, had put out a tweet similar in statement and tone to what Blitzchung did in his Hearthstone tournament video, calling for freedom for Hong Kong. And the NBA, at that point in time, when it happened, reacted negatively, apologized for it, said it was very discouraging, that it offended their friends in China, etc., but almost immediately thereafter walked it back. So quickly, in fact, that when we did that first video in this series, the NBA had already walked it back after the backlash had hit it and said that instead they were going to defend freedom of speech. Now, I think it's important to talk about the NBA in this context, both because, hey, if you're listening to Virtual Legality, we don't talk a lot about sports on this channel, but it's a very useful analogy to understanding both what the NBA is doing, what Disney and other media companies are doing with the Chinese market, and also what Blizzard is looking at right now as they try to negotiate this tightrope, yes, of their own creation, but in existence nonetheless, and what the NBA is currently facing, how they are facing what China has said about them, because the most recent piece of news is that China has, through their state media, essentially vowed retribution against, in particular, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, but also the NBA itself. So I've pulled up a a South China Morning Post article here that describes what happened over the weekend, and I'm going to read to you a little bit of this summary, and then I've got an article from Sports Illustrated and their legal advisor, Michael McCann, who talks about these things very similar to virtual legality in a sports-related space, and he's got a lot of good thoughts about what China could potentially do to the NBA, and I think it's important to kind of think about that in respect of the NBA and also how that might apply to a U.S. corporation, because the other thing I'm going to bring up in this video is that the NBA and sports leagues in general are very unusual entities. We talk a lot in virtual legality about my background, which is corporations, entities, partnerships, limited liability companies, and those kinds of things. And while the actual teams themselves are organized with those structures, the league, which is what we're talking about here, is not. And I've pulled up a law review article that kind of briefly discusses what the NBA actually is because I found it fascinating. I hope you will as well. And I will link that law review article in the description to this video when we get to it. But for now, let's actually talk about the background of what's happened here. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver will face retribution for defaming China, state media says. Basketball League chief fabricated lies out of nothing to paint China as unforgiving and please American politicians, CCTV says. Commentary comes after Silver said on Thursday that Beijing had asked him to sack Houston Rockets' Daryl Morey over Hong Kong tweet. Chinese state media has warned that NBA Commissioner Adam Silver will face quote-unquote retribution for defaming China in the latest twist to a dispute that began with a basketball team executive tweeting his support for the pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. 
In a commentary on Saturday, state broadcaster CCTV said Silver had crossed the bottom line by continuing to defend Daryl Morey, general manager of the Houston Rockets, who posted an image on Twitter on October 4th saying, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Couple things there. I think some of this is a translation, but if you're following this series, you know last week, we at the end of last week, the U.S. Congress, some senators, some Congress folks, uh, sent a letter to Blizzard Activision, to Bobby Kotek in particular, saying that he should ignore his bottom line and look only to the values of the American people. I think it's important to note here, especially if you're following this as a series, that when the bottom line is used in this quote, they don't mean bottom line as financial. They are essentially using it differently, maybe as Chinese idiom, but it basically means you've crossed the line. You've crossed the Rubicon. You've offended us to a, to a great degree. It has nothing to do with the financial reporting or the economics of these uh, leagues or, or China itself. So it's important to separate those just in terms of idiom. Sometimes that happens with translation. I noted this when I first read this article and saw the comments that they had made. Continuing with the article, making his first comments about the dispute since returning from a contentious visit to China for two preseason games, the NBA was actually in China to have a few exhibition games to essentially sell the league and its values and its virtues to the Chinese audience. That's one of the reasons why the tweet coming out when it did was so problematic from a number of NBA players, a number of NBA executives, and they, they had their own kind of blizzard moment while they're kind of discussing these issues amongst themselves. Silver said on Thursday that the Chinese government had asked the NBA to fire Moray. Now, as we just talked about at the start of this video, Moray isn't implied by uh, isn't employed by the NBA. So that would be a nonsensical request in any event, but not a request that is outside the bounds of really any government asking for, but especially the Chinese government, because they are so offended by what has been said, uh, what is happening with respect to people commenting on Hong Kong. And so it wouldn't surprise me if this happened. But they are, of course, accusing Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, of lying. Silver's comments continued with, we said there's no chance that's happening, that we will fire him. He said in an interview at the Time 100 Health Summit in New York, there's no chance we'll even discipline him. And the NBA has broad rights, as you might expect if you follow sports at all and you've seen these things, or maybe if you just follow esports uh, and know that the, the rules are very broadly written to allow a commissioner or anybody in authority to really enact what they want in order to protect the, the, the interests of the company. And I think it's apparent that what Adam Silver saw when he first apologized for this tweet was that the backlash was strong enough from his constituent parties that he knows that the right step is to defend freedom of speech, quote unquote, American values. So there's no chance he'll even discipline him, even if that tweet can be directly linked to really harming the commercial interests of the NBA. The NBA, like Activision Blizzard, wants to enter the Chinese market. Everybody wants to enter the Chinese market when it comes to United States companies. There's so many people there. The market is so large that hopefully, as long as you can't violate your own precepts and morals and ethical codes and things of that nature, you want to sell into that market. And that's been a tightrope that American companies have tried to walk for a long period of time, a tightrope that is becoming more and more difficult, especially as this Hong Kong situation proceeds, as we've seen with this story in the NBA, and as we've seen with the Activision Blizzard story as well. But he says, hey, look, there's no chance we're even going to discipline him, regardless of what the constitution of the NBA might otherwise say about my powers and authority. I am not going to do that. The CCTV, the, the state media for China, however, said that Silver had crossed a line. Silver has spared no effort to portray himself as a fighter for free speech and used freedom of speech as an excuse to cover for Moray, who voiced his support for the violent actors in Hong Kong, it said. This has crossed the bottom line of the Chinese people. 
Now, interesting, interestingly enough, from an American perspective, right, the start of that statement uh, doesn't so, sound so bad to us, right? Silver has spared no effort to portray himself as a fighter for free speech. Uh, that's, generally speaking, thought of in America as a good thing. Continuing with the article, Silver's handling of the controversy had proved his double standards, the broadcaster said, adding that he had defamed China on the international stage. To please some American politicians, Silver has fabricated lies out of nothing and has sought to paint China as unforgiving, it said. The way in which the NBA boss had defended Moray showed he had problems in his character, the report said, adding that he will receive retribution sooner or later. And then this article continues for a bit. I will link this in the description, but I wanted to kind of hit you with the capstone here because I think this is important to the discussion we've been having in virtual legality about how Blizzard has been acting, about how the NBA had acted at the start of this whole series. Silver said on Friday that the financial fallout for the league had already been substantial. Besides the furor in China, the NBA also came under fire in the U.S., when basketball fans and politicians accused it of bowing to pressure from Beijing by saying in its initial response to the dispute that it was regrettable, Moray's tweet had deeply offended many of our friends and fans in China. Yeah, I think the double step at the start of all this is probably what hurt more than anything the NBA. Mostly, you, if you're running a company, if you're running a league, if you're the commissioner, you want to pick a lane and go with it. However, there is uh, certainly something to be valued in being able to take that first action, see that it's the wrong action uh, for your company, for your values, whatever that reason might be, and say, nope, I am strong enough to say that was wrong and change my direction, which is something that Blizzard right now is not doing. So he actually says the financial fallout for the league had already been substantial. And we've talked about fiduciary duty in virtual legality. We've talked about the primacy of the shareholders. That's one of the reasons why the fact that the NBA isn't a corporation, isn't a limited liability company, makes this analogous but not identical to the Blizzard situation. We've talked about the fact that Activision Blizzard actually does owe a fiduciary responsibility to the people that have given it money to do things with. The NBA doesn't operate that way. The NBA is not a limited liability company. It's not a corporation. Uh, I've pulled up that article that I talked to you about. This is a law review article uh, in the Marquette Law Review that is simply titled, What is the NBA? Which, as a corporate lawyer, I find fascinating. I love this stuff. If you like this stuff, it will be linked in the description. But I've pulled out what I want to talk to you about here, which is that it's not anything that we recognize. The NBA is the national body organized to operate a league consisting of professional basketball teams. The NBA League currently consists of 30 teams. The NBA has not been incorporated. It's not a corporation. Formed as a limited partnership or limited liability company, so it's not formed with something that's filed or organized through any other organizational form by making a filing with a Secretary of State. Rather, it is con uh, constituted through two private agreements, its constitution and bylaws. Now, constitution and bylaws are, generally speaking, what you would put in connection with a corporation. You would file something called the Articles of Incorporation or a Certificate of Incorporation with the state in which you are forming. And then you would have to have uh, a uh, articles document, a certificate, constitution, whatever it might be called in the various jurisdictions and bylaws that govern the day-to-day -day operations of your entity. So they are mirroring the corporate form, but they are not in fact filed as a corporation. So when the law looks at this, they look at it as a couple of potential things, depending on what you're actually analyzing. Uh, it could be a simple contract arrangement, right? I have clients that enter into what we would call maybe joint ventures, where you enter into a very significant, highly detailed contract with another company. 
And that contract could even specify that there's going to be a board. There's going to be an advisory board that's going to control how this joint venture operates and some other rules about how intellectual property is divvied up, how profits are divvied up, something that looks very much like a separate entity, but which the law doesn't recognize as a separate entity. The NBA could be that. It could be a joint venture. It also could be some kind of understood implied common law partnership. There are all these various ways to interpret one of these things, but it means that when we talk about fiduciary duty, that argument, that discussion, that description doesn't apply entirely to what we're talking about here. Adam Silver doesn't necessarily have a fiduciary duty in terms of maximizing dollars in to the shareholders of the NBA because there are no shareholders. Now, he's actually elected, appointed, whatever the word might be, by the owners of the various teams. So he certainly has an obligation to try to maximize their revenue. That's what his job is supposed to be. But his job is also to interpret whether or not the maximization of those revenues over the long term wouldn't be better served by being more openly pro-freedom of speech and by not rejecting people's ability in his league to say things political. The NBA has long kind of marketed itself as something of a political league, that the players have press conferences, the coaches have press conferences where they talk about maybe China, maybe Donald Trump, uh, maybe road funding, whatever it might be, the NBA personality-wise, has kind of sold itself on this, that these are these celebrities, these players, these coaches, these GMs, various owners that are going to get out there, they're going to say controversial things, and that drama, much like something like the the World Wrestling uh, Association, uh, is useful to marketing the company. And so the NBA doesn't really hate that. That being said, when you actually think about what obligations Adam Silver has to his various owners, his obligation right now is to convince them that his actions that he is taking are the right ones for the overall long-term health of his league. He can't just act with what makes him happy at the end of the day. He has to act for the benefit of his league. And that's some of what you see in this article that I've pulled up from Sports Illustrated and Michael McCann, which is how could China possibly inflict retribution? What can the Chinese government do against the NBA? And I think this is an important part of the discussion with both the NBA and what's happening at Activision Blizzard. So let's take a look at a few of the things he says here. He first summarizes what we just looked at as to what is happening here. He also highlights the significance of it being the CCTV. You might not recognize it because this actually is state media. We can argue till the day ends and the next day and the next day and the next day about whether the media in the United States is biased one way or the other. Certainly certain channels are biased one way and the other channels are biased the other way, but they're not actually owned by the U.S. government. The freedom of speech right now still exists in a fashion where the government doesn't want to own those those things and whether or not it hates the media which certainly certain folks uh, seem to right now, it doesn't act to control what the media says about the government. That's very different in China. So the CCTV actually coming out and saying these things about Adam Silver is important. It's essentially a declaration by the Chinese government. It's something that Adam Silver and the NBA needs to pay attention to. Uh, This article then continues in a few spots that I've highlighted. It says, Silver didn't invoke that power, the power to to, uh, essentially discipline Moray. Just the opposite, Silver definitively asserted that he supports Moray's decision to weigh in on a political controversy. In reaching that decision, Silver likely took stock of the optics of punishing Moray. Such a move would have been well-received in China, but probably would have been a disaster in the United States, Canada, and in other Western countries. And that's, that's where you see the analogy perfectly to what's happening with Activision Blizzard. You've got a situation where they did punish somebody. 
They didn't really explain it very well. They came out with a statement that said this has nothing to do with China, which can't possibly be the, the truth, and then asked us to accept it for that truthfulness. And here, the NBA looked at the situation and said, well, you know what? We are going to stand for freedom of speech. We think that's important to what we are selling. We still think the biggest market right now is the United States and the Western countries. And so we have to pick a lane here and we're going to pick freedom of speech. And Blizzard is still trying to not pick a lane. And so that's why they are getting some of the backlash they're getting right now. That's why they got a letter to Congress, a letter from Congress and Adam Silver and the NBA did not. Uh, And that's how you see China reacting so negatively to what the NBA is saying about them right now. And it's certainly something with this kind of Chinese statement of retribution that Activision Blizzard wants to avoid. So this article continues with how can China seek retribution? And I highly recommend checking out the article. This is very, very well done. Uh, And it goes through some of the ways that China could possibly do this. It says it could sever the contracts with the NBA. This is actually, I think, the most likely thing that China would do. And the NBA has certain contracts for broadcast rights in in China, certain other rights uh, that the NBA has actually entered into with third-party companies in China. And China can sever these things. The Chinese government takes a pretty broad authority to to change private contracts uh, when it sees fit to do so. And so they could look at this and say, hey, we're not interested in all of this. Uh, The NBA likes drama, has disagreement, has all these various players that say these different things. And unlike a corporation that China understands, the NBA isn't organized that way. The NBA doesn't have a a commissioner that can fire Daryl Morey. And so since it doesn't, maybe China wants to back up a step and really think about how it interacts with the American sports leagues. Uh, Now, that could wind up with litigation, as this article points out. And if it does, that would be a disappointment for really both sides, because neither China nor the NBA three weeks ago wanted to get into a situation where they were suing each other based on terminated contracts, what the rights might be, where they might have to sue each other, whether arbitration applies, all this other stuff. Uh, and certainly the Chinese government, the Chinese court system are, are places that the NBA doesn't want to find itself litigating these issues. And so what's actually written in those contracts is very important. Uh, the other items that are kind of listed on this article, they say they could, the Chinese government could discourage other countries from doing business with the NBA. I think probably the limited effect there, but China could essentially talk about uh, how duplicitous and underhanded Adam Silver and the NBA are to other countries. They could drive a wedge between the NBA players and NBA leadership. Now, I think this is actually another kind of likely scenario. If you follow the NBA at all, you saw last week that LeBron James, who's one of the more uh, well-known, certainly one of the more popular NBA players, came out and essentially said that Daryl Morey didn't know what he was talking about. I believe he used the term uneducated. And the background to that is that LeBron James has a following in China, wants to defend the earnings potential of, uh, of the NBA and himself in China. And he's actually acting as something of an owner there, right? I mean, the the beauty of uh, getting these great collective bargaining agreements for the players and everything else that allows them to split all these profits that a league is making is that they get all that money, but at the same time, they wind up having to think about their relationships, their contracts, their situations essentially as owners, right? So you don't get the kind of employee situation at Blizzard where they're covering up and are clearly angry at certain of the things that uh, the leadership has done uh, for their company. Instead, you almost have the opposite here where you have LeBron James and some other prominent players coming out and essentially 
indicating that they are unhappy that leadership has cut off the potential for certain economic gains in these new markets uh, in China and the growth possibilities there. And so, yes, I think China could get in there and try to establish that the leadership is not serving the players' best interests. And certainly for the higher end players, I think that would be something that potentially a number of them would listen to. Similarly, you have here that China could try to drive a wedge between the NBA owners and NBA leadership. Again, Adam Silver has to prove that he wants to make money for the NBA. And he has to prove that overall, regardless of what China says about him or about the NBA, these values, whatever he was looking at when he made the initial statement and backed up and went the other direction, these values are important enough as a sales piece for the National Basketball Association that they should be valued higher than simply getting in the front door of China. Some of this is negotiation. Some of this is no China. I don't really believe you'll commit retribution on us. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, you want this money from the NBA. You want this to be popular over there as well. And so we think that you are going to allow us in eventually anyway. Some of this is that, right? It all depends on what kind of leverage you have whenever you're engaged in a high stakes negotiation. And unfortunately, leverage is this kind of ephemeral idea. So each side could think they have leverage. Each side might be right in certain instances, but only one side is really willing to walk away. And only one side is really willing to penalize the other uh, for doing what they're doing here. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out over the long term, because in this current situation, the NBA, Adam Silver at least, is suggesting that freedom of speech is more important. These values are more important. The fact that we can have these press conferences after after our games, that our Fans and the folks that follow this league enjoy that drama, enjoy those conversations, is important to this league. And that is something we can't give up solely to get into the Chinese market. And so a lot of owners, there's 30 of them, they're very rich folks, they're very successful in other fields of business, they're very opinionated, some would say egotistical, certainly that will apply to some of the owners. They will have their own ideas as to what the NBA should or shouldn't be doing. And if enough of them disagree with this, Adam Silver will be kicked out. And certainly if they have contacts in China, if they have business dealings in China, any owner that really has a manufacturing presence probably has contracts, probably has contacts in China and could be being talked to behind the scenes on these various things. If enough kind of discontent that the NBA is shutting down Chinese access happens, Adam Silver might be removed. So I think this kind of acts in combination with something like China ending the contracts with the NBA, saying bad things about Adam Silver, talking to the owners about how bad Adam Silver is for their brand, certainly depends. This is the kind of thing that China could do. This is the kind of thing that China could potentially do uh, for something like the Activision Blizzard situation. Now, that would require talking to direct shareholders, potentially encouraging litigation, things of that nature, just kind of getting in there and trying to cause trouble. But these are the kinds of things that Bobby Kotick, the board of directors of Activision Blizzard, and the various stakeholders of that company have to be thinking about just like Adam Silver and just like the various owners in the NBA have to be thinking about. They also start talking about, in general, the overall kind of relationship between China and the United States in in respect of trade. And if you haven't followed this, I don't think we've talked about it in virtual legality before, but there has been an escalating tariff war uh, between Chinese imports and exports and United States imports and exports. And there have been rumblings that this is going to end pretty soon. Uh, But if China wanted to, they could make this a big deal uh, with potentially Donald Trump, with potentially the negotiators uh, that are talking about what these things might look like in a new trade agreement with China, ending these tariffs, whatever that might be. And they could potentially ask 
for Trump to denounce silver. That's what's proposed in this article. I think that's massively unlikely given that there's certainly a substantial amount of people that would take Trump denouncing anybody as a ringing endorsement of that person he's denouncing. So I think China is not quite that silly to believe that Trump denouncing silver would massively advance their goals. Uh, and so I think that at the end of the day, this is unlikely. I don't think you want to make this a secondary piece of what amounts to a trade war. But again, I'm sitting here just like this article is written, guessing as to what the Chinese government will do. And they are idiosyncratic. They are mercurial by nature uh, because they have all this authority. They have all this power to make people's lives miserable if they choose to do so. So they could ask for something like this, but I think it's unlikely. And at the end of this article, I think the most important takeaway is the biggest one in bold. None of these possibilities, the various things China could do against the NBA, likely worry silver. While China could meaningfully damage the business of the NBA and by extension Silver's reputation, it seems clear that Silver will not betray his core principles. Potential career and professional fallout are likely secondary to him. Now, this particular article takes the position that these are Adam Silver's core principles. I think that faint, that double step at the start of this whole thing where he initially apologizes and then goes full freedom of speech is perhaps a little bit more uh, considered than purely just an advancement of core principles. But I think it's it's certainly what Adam Silver wants to put out there. You're, you don't go down this path without portraying yourself as the, the stalwart defender of freedom of speech. That's the only way you can kind of do this. And that's what this article suggests. Also, continuing with the article, both the NBA and China have now expressed strident views that likely appeal to their constituencies. In other words, the NBA has surmised that freedom of speech is important to its people and has gone out there and advocated it. The Chinese government knows that there's pride in China and they feel like the NBA has offended that pride and they've gone out there and said retribution will be had. Other than that, there's a good possibility that that's as far as this will go, that neither side really has an interest in further litigating this in the sphere of public opinion. And to the extent any penalties happen or any coming together happens, it will happen behind the scenes. That's how contract negotiations work. If there are offended parties, if there are offended people on either side of this, that each side will say, hey, we've put our public positions out there. That's what our people need to see. Now let's see if we can work something out. And that happens very, very often. I su suspect that's what's happening here. And I suspect long-term, that's the kind of thing that would happen with Activision Blizzard. Blizzard really does have products that are very popular. Blizzard really does have products that will work in the Chinese market if they're allowed to be sold there. And so I think China wants to make its money off those sales, just like Blizzard does. And I think at the end of the day, if you're acting rationally, and corporations don't act rationally all the time, but certainly neither do governments, that if everybody's acting rationally, then things do get worked out in the end. But right now we have a lot of posturing. We have a lot of saber rattling. And ultimately we have an Activision Blizzard that doesn't quite know where to land on these various things. To Adam Silver's credit, he changed lanes right at the start, but when he picked that lane, freedom of speech, he's driving down it as fast as he can and saying to hell or high water, I don't care whether the Chinese government says they're going to inflict retribution on me or my league. I think that's the way you have to do it. We've talked in virtual legality in the past that wishy-washiness in contractual negotiations, in political positioning, whatever you might want to call this particular issue that we've been talking about now for a couple weeks in the Blizzard of Backlash series, whatever you want to call it, wishy-washiness is the death knell. That's how you wind up not picking a lane and getting hit by that truck. That's how you wind up in the most 
trouble you possibly can. And Activision Blizzard right now starts with a ban, doesn't really want to ban the college students, issues a statement explaining why they banned Blitzchung, then says they have to ban the college students. And now we hear, I pulled up a Polygon article that says Blizzard postpones event in Taiwan amid Hong Kong protests. This is after they terminated the Overwatch launch event that they were going to have at Nintendo headquarters in New York. They don't know what they want to do here other than keep their head in the sand. And to some extent, that's understandable. You hope this will blow over if you're Activision Blizzard. We've talked about that in this video series. I think that's unlikely, especially since everybody knows that BlizzCon is about 10 days away. And so at this point in time, I think Blizzard probably needs to really rethink what its position is going to be, really rethink what it wants to say to its fandom, what it wants to say about China. Maybe if we're giving them the benefit of the doubt behind the scenes, they are organizing those thoughts. They are organizing a front end discussion of what that might look like. They are organizing what they want to tell their people at BlizzCon. And hopefully, if if everything works out well for Blizzard, they come out with a statement that people can appreciate at bare minimum for its sincerity at BlizzCon and not one where we look at it with cynical eyes about how they're trying to avoid congressional letters or Chinese retribution or anything else. And it can be a statement that says, all right, we understand it's a difficult position that you're in, but now we can respect what your company's doing and we can advocate for the sale of your games and services. I think right now, that's extraordinarily unlikely, but I like to be an optimist. You know, corporate lawyers, we're an optimistic bunch. But I like to be an optimist, and I hope Blizzard is taking all of this into consideration, what they've been doing for the last two weeks, what the NBA has done, and how they have presented their arguments in themselves, and what Blizzard might do to get into better graces with its main fan base, as well as to potentially walk that tightrope to expanding their commercial base in other jurisdictions without giving up the core values that Americans and Western democracies generally like to see in the companies they want to support. That's been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time, including the entire Blizzard of Backlash series, which is in convenient playlist form for you now. And before we started this a couple weeks ago, we talked regularly about pop culture, entertainment, information technology, software, games, all under the auspices of the business and law of what you are seeing in the news and how those stories come to be from the perspective of myself, a corporate lawyer who deals with contracts and employment terms and all these various things on a day-to-day -day basis. If you liked it, please like, please subscribe, as I already said. Share it around with folks you might think might be interested. And if you caught it on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. If you listen to it in its podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.